Hey, welcome to Vine Church Fort Myers podcast. We are glad that you took time to listen. We pray that the message of grace empowers you today. What a uh, honor for me to be able to speak to you from the Word of God. And I thank Pastor Hoffa for this invitation. And I'm going to speak about prayer. I am going to speak about the reasons we should be praying. You may say, I'm, I, I, I don't pray very much. I, I, don't, I don't know what to say. I'm not like Pastor Tulio, but I'm not like Pastor Tulio either. And you might say, well, prayer, it just, uh, it just goes so quickly. I, I, I don't know what to say and time goes by and uh, I'm busy. I have these children. I, I have to leave for work early in the morning and I get back and I'm exhausted. I, I really, I can't pray. I'm not very religious. I, I, I don't know what to say. And so there are a lot of reasons why we don't pray. I'm gonna give you some reasons why we will want to pray, why you will want to pray more, why you will want to be more fervent in your prayer, more intelligent and deliberate in your praying. So I encourage you to take some notes today. But before we get into those reasons, let's define prayer. Prayer normally implies asking, right? That's what we think of, asking. And it does mean that, but that's not all it means. Uh, Sometimes it means um, a wish. That's not a good definition of it. But we say... Oh, I pray that happens. I wish, I I hope that happens. One of the things that prayer is not, never is, is bargaining with God. I'm gonna pray and, oh God, if, if, if you'll do this, I'll do this. Or God, if you'll do this, I won't do this. Negotiating with him, it's never that. It can be wishing, it can be asking, but it is never negotiating or bargaining. I think the best definition of prayer is communicating with God. Just communicating with him. And so that's what I want to talk about. Seven reasons why we want to communicate with God. First one, we have the capacity we have the capacity to speak with God. Every one of us, whether you're religious, whether you call yourself a Christian or not, we all as men and women made in the image of God, we have the capacity to speak to the almighty God. Do you, uh, anybody here know Governor DeSantis? Anybody? Um, Does uh, anybody here have some really rich person you can go to if you have a need? Or what do you, do you know? Maybe the boss, maybe the boss of the owner of your company, you know, and you could go to him if you have a problem. No. Better than that, we can all communicate with the Lord. We have that capacity built in. We are made in the image of God. Adam and Eve communicated with God. That's the reason why we should pray. Reason number two, 
we have that opportunity. That's separate from the capacity. We have the opportunity, the privilege to speak with God. Now, I remember when my wife and I had one of the dogs we've had. We've had several dogs over the years, but we had one named Annie and Annie was wild. She was full of energy and we started trying to communicate with Annie and uh, we failed at that. And so we hired a dog trainer to come. And the dog trainer, first thing the dog trainer did, she, she wanted to know the words that we were using to communicate with Annie. And she wrote down all the words. There were a couple dozen words that we were using, like come, come here. Come here, Annie, right now. Dozens of words. And she said, it confuses the dog. And we ended up, I think we only had five words that we could, we would use with Annie. We could communicate with her. But when we communicate with God, it's not like we're speaking, he's speaking with a, a dog or we're trying to communicate with him with five words. We can say everything to him. We have that opportunity to speak with him. Amen. Doesn't matter whether you're a Christian, we're made in the image of God. We have the opportunity to speak with him. First uh, John chapter three, the beginning, John writes this, he said, now are we, the children of God, the sons of God. Those of you who, who have children, you know what they will do. They will run up to their father at any time, interrupt him any day or night. They'll come running up. Daddy, I want this. Daddy, will you do this? Daddy, daddy. Right? No hesitation at all. They just, because they're going to their father. They know they can go to their father and, and ask anything. They often have no idea what the cost is of what they're asking, what the consequences are. What they, they, just, they just make their requests known. We have that opportunity with our Heavenly Father. Isn't that wonderful? Okay, so that's what we're going to do right now. I'm going to give you 30 seconds, maybe a minute, to speak to God, to communicate with Him. You don't have to ask Him anything. Tell him how wonderful he is. Thank him maybe for something that he's done for you recently. Or just tell him, good morning. Here I am at Divine Church. He knows that. But everyone, you don't have to be a Christian yet. So for 30 seconds, maybe a minute, just speak to God. You can speak out loud if you want to. Or you can speak quietly in your heart. But take this opportunity that you have to communicate with the eternal God. Go ahead. Amen and amen. That was wonderful. The eternal God heard us. Reason number three, that we should pray and pray fervently, pray intelligently, pray deliberately, pray often. Because Jesus did. Jesus prayed. That was one of the things that um, has caused me to think often uh, about this, about prayer. And why would Jesus pray? He prayed all the time. Uh, I have a book here 
that uh, I, I received last fall. It's by Dick Eastman, and the title of the book is Awesome. There are 31 chapters here about the awesomeness of Jesus. I've read through it several times, a day at a time, praying and honoring God for the awesomeness. But here's what he says in one of the chapters. As much as any other spiritual discipline that Christ manifested in his time on earth, his prayer life would be foundational. Jesus praying all the time. And we read in many places that he would go off and by himself, at the end of the day, he would go up to the mountain and he would pray by himself. He'd spend the night in prayer. Now, why, why was that? He's God. He's the son of God, so he could be like a son going to the father. But I have some ideas. One is that we see here the Trinity, the nature of the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Three persons, three separate persons. And the Father and the Son as two persons, they communicated together. As children, sons and daughters of God, we have that same opportunity. I think we also see here that Jesus was very intent on being aligned with the Father. He only wanted to do what the Father wanted him to do. And to do that, he prayed. This is amazing. Often during his three years of ministry, he prayed. When it was time to have the last supper with the disciples, he prayed. That prayer is given to us in John chapter 17, the longest prayer of Jesus in the Bible. And then he goes out to the garden of Gethsemane and he spends an hour in prayer just before he's taken captive by the Romans to be crucified. Prayer was really important to Jesus. Do you want to be a follower of Jesus? Do you want to be like Christ? Then we pray. We pray because he did. I think that the example of Jesus is just remarkable. One more thing about Jesus though, he promises to answer our prayers. Reason number four, that we should pray. He promises to answer our prayers. There are so many, Matthew chapter seven is the one Pastor Hoffa spoke on two weeks ago. Uh, ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you will find. Jesus makes these promises to us and he makes many promises, they're, they're full of them. Uh, in John uh, chapter 14, whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. Go into your closet, he says. Go in secret, go into your closet and pray. And the Father who sees in secret will answer you. Now, maybe you would say, well, one of the reasons I don't pray very often is because I've never seen God answer my prayers. Oh, you have to watch. You have to watch very carefully because he promises to answer our prayers. Now, one condition is we cannot think of God as a genie in a little bottle. And if we rub the sides of the bottle, you know, the genie will pop up and he will say, whatever you want, I will do. No, God is not that way. And we could study prayer for hours. It's a very complicated subject in the Bible. But the basic truth is that God promises to answer our prayers. 
I have been keeping a record of my prayers, not just my, not just my prayers, but the blessings that God has poured out, often in answer to prayer. And I have not just page after page, I have book upon book of answered prayers. He is committed to answering your prayers. And I would challenge you today to make a request. Yes, to pray with a request. Ask God for something and watch, watch carefully. I have a, a friend who uh, was n- not a Christian man. Uh, he was um, married to a woman who had come to faith in Christ, middle-aged, and uh, he was just not not coming at all, not at all interested. And so he said, he made a prayer. It was a kind of divisive, uh, uh, derisive prayer. Uh, he said, God, if you're real, light my barbecue. That's literally what he said. God, if you're real, light my barbecue. Now, it's true that Elijah prayed and God sent fire, but I don't think he knew that. Um, it's true that Moses walked up to the burning bush full of fire and it was not, but I don't think this man knew that he was joking. And guess what? God did not light his barbecue, nothing, no fire, no barbecue. But the strangest thing happened very shortly thereafter. The thing that was deepest in his heart was a desire to have a child and he didn't have one. His wife had not, given birth to a child. They'd been married many years, no children. And suddenly she became pregnant. And he was able to say, wow. Lighting the barbecue is insignificant, it's nothing. But what God has done is given me the thing I wanted most in my heart, a child. Jesus will answer our prayers. And it's wonderful to ask him and watch him answer our prayers. That's the reason why we should be praying. The next reason is, and you were waiting for this one, we're commanded to. We are commanded to pray. Jesus taught his disciples how to pray. And you look at all the epistles in the, in the New Testament, and all the epistles end with an injunction to pray. Like Ephesians chapter 6, with all prayer and supplication, pray at all times in the spirit. Philippians chapter three, be anxious, chapter four, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Pray. First Thessalonians chapter five, pray without ceasing. Now, it doesn't mean that we're just to sit in a chair or kneel and pray, 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 pray. Just pray all the time. James chapter two, One of my most haunting verses. (laughs) You have not because you ask not. You have not because you ask not. We are commanded to pray. And if we want to be New Testament Christians, we're going to be praying people. Jesus promises to answer. He himself prayed often. We have this opportunity and we have the capacity to pray. I want to say that I consider the Vine Church to be the most praying church that I know of. 
I don't know of another church that has 21 days of prayer and fasting one time a year, much less two times a year. And I hope you're, I hope you're engaged. My wife and I are. And participate in this because this is the New Testament example. This is what we are commanded to do. The sixth reason, and perhaps the most important reason for praying, one that, that haunts me and motivates me, and I think you will agree, the sixth reason is this, our times are critical. We live in a very critical time. Jesus taught his disciples to pray, our Father who art in heaven, first line. Last line, deliver us from evil. Deliver us from evil. I've begun praying that on a daily basis, sometimes just that last line, Lord, deliver me from evil today. Look at the evil in our society, in our world today. The reports coming out of Ukraine speak of unspeakable evil going on in the middle of the war. I was intrigued that Melinda Gates announced this week that one of the reasons that she divorced Bill Gates was because of the relationship he had with this, uh, this guy whom she described as unspeakably evil, Jeffrey Epstein. Evil personified, she called him. And what is extremely concerning to me about you is what Peter said in 1 Peter chapter 5. Our adversary, the devil, roams around seeking someone to devour. Our adversary, the devil, roams around seeking someone like a lion, like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Who, who, well, you say, well, I'm not that important. You know, maybe, maybe Pastor Hafa, Pastor Jew are, are getting the, uh, uh, the attacks of the evil one, but you know, I'm just, you know, who, who, does, who does the lion go after? He goes after the, the, the one he can catch the easiest. The lame one, the, the closest one, the little one, seeking someone, anyone to devour. And as I look across the room this morning, I think I've met at least, I know at least a third of you, maybe half of you. And I'll tell you, it burdens me to think of evil coming into your lives. We need to be praying, Lord, deliver me from evil. Deliver. Evil can come in so many different forms. We need to be praying, Lord, deliver me from evil. Because evil is there, and he would love to bring you down. Members of a vibrant church, walking with the Lord. Our adversary is roaming around like a lion. And I would imagine that you know, as I do, numerous well-known pastors who've been devoured by the adversary with great harm. We have to be careful. These are very difficult days. So reason number seven to be praying. I hope you found a reason already to increase your own prayer, but I'm going to give you the last one, at least the last one that I've thought of. And this is, this is exciting. Reason number seven. God can do anything. He can do anything. 
He can divide the Red Sea so that the Egyptians can, or the, 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 the Israelites can walk out of Egypt on dry ground. Then he can cause the waves to come back in and take out the army of the Egyptians. He can cause bread to fall on the desert every day for years. He can cause water to come up out of a rock so they would have something to drink. Jesus could heal the withered hand. He could make a lame man, lame from birth, rise up, jump up, and run into the temple. He can do that. I prayed to Jesus in 1969. I was in a helicopter in Vietnam, and the helicopter began to crash. I was scared to death. I saw my whole life pass by. We were full of fuel, ammunition, rockets. We were going to explode enormously. And I knew my life was over. And I cried out to Jesus, Jesus, save me. Jesus, save me. And he stopped the helicopter from crashing. He can do anything. He can, you cannot ask him too much. Now, there are conditions. He has plans. He is not a genie. But I'll tell you, he can do anything. He shut the mouths of lions when Daniel was in the den. He revealed dreams to his prophets so that they could tell the kings what was coming. He caused a star to move across the sky, showing the wise men exactly where Jesus was born. He can do such amazing things. Cast out demons. He can cause the wind to stop so that the disciples were amazed. And of course, he raised the dead. Jesus can do absolutely anything. And he tells us to pray. He gives us that opportunity and the capacity that we can pray, promises to answer our prayers. And in fact, he can do anything. Do you want acceleration in your life? It's it comes through prayer. It comes through prayer. Do you want a supernatural element in your life or do you simply want the natural result of what you do, your effort, your capacity, or do you want the supernatural? The supernatural comes through our prayers. Pretty exciting life lies ahead for those who will pray. And I know the Vine Church to be a praying church. And I hope you'll find some reasons here that you want to pray even more. Several years ago, a woman that I know, Suzanne Fry, put together a book of answered prayers, just answered prayers. And then she put a couple more together. I got to put two, two of my answered prayers into this book. Vine Church could publish a book of answered prayers among the people here. And... God could give you something worth putting into a book. I encourage you, read a book like this because it will encourage you in your praying. Got enough reasons? Yeah, yeah, I'll pray. Father, bless the Vine Church. Thank you for making them a church that prays. I pray your blessing on these men and women, these young people, that they would see the supernatural element come into their lives as you answer their prayers and give them acceleration, I pray. For Jesus' sake, amen.